Laura Croft colon Tomb Raider released June fifteenth, two thousand and one. Feels like nineteen ninety five to me. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. I'm Nick Nundall. I'm Dylan Vento. What is this? And this is attract mode. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Hey, this is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have this weird thought about this movie, which is that okay. it just, were it not for being a required part of this podcast, would never need any remarking <laughs> ever. It is not bad enough to be garbage. It's not like a dumpster fire to talk about. And it's not good enough to be memorable. It's just like... It's just a movie. It, it it is a movie. It fits like the basic requirements yeah. of a movie. Meets the the physical attributes of a movie. And uh, and I guess we're gonna talk about it. But how did you feel about it? Uh, it's funny that you say it, it wasn't a dumpster fire. And I don't know if it was the mood I was in or what. But man, did this movie just feel so lifeless <laughs> that I was? I mean, I I, I told you, I, I sent it in the chat. I was like, we might have a new contender for the worst movie. I I don't get that far out of it. Like, I definitely think it's not a great movie. <laughs> well, but well, here's the thing: like, it 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 this movie exists in a weird cross section of both serious action movie and mm. camp. Yes. That just never works. It's like a never. It's never a successful combination. It's not it like chocolate and peanut butter. It's like sand and 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 lava, like just it combined feels together. Like it could have aired as a TV series on Fox in 1995 to 1999, as like 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 a, like a Femme Nikita and okay uh vr references i I don't understand oh man there was just like this this era of tv then where it was like serious gritty ridiculous (laughs) like like take a ridiculous concept but try to play it like oh it's so serious and we're going to talk quietly about it because that's how you know we're serious treat it reverence everybody is a badass and like i don't hate the ideas behind some of those genre tropes but I do hate the genre, I think, as a whole, because it always feels like you don't have enough tools to play it serious, but you're acting like you do. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, who is this? Who is this for? Who is the like? My uncle Edward. Oh, okay. (laughs) He loved this movie and he loved this genre in general. And uh, there there were guys who were just like, this is it. This is cool. Uh, and I guess I, I'll never relate to that. <laughs> yeah, but because there's like two degrees, there's like one or two degrees of separation from this movie in terms of like that spectrum of serious to camp. Yeah. That in, in either direction works better. So like, yeah, in a, a direction campier is like the Mortal Kombat movie, the original Mortal Kombat movie, which mm-hmm. I think works better. Which we will admit is the best video game movie of all time. I agree. No, I never. No, yeah, no, I agree with you, Dylan. It's the uh, best. No, I agree. Never. I will. I'll never. But is the other end 
the matrix is that what you were going with no i know well oh. i would say like one one degree more serious would be something like the rock the michael bay film it's like it's like a, okay. it's a touch yeah, more yeah, serious yeah. like I, obviously it's got some silly nonsensical parts to it but it's not like it's it's not so nonsensical where you go okay that's just that's just dumb and some bullshit um yeah like it it, it ensures that there are still like some sort of like life or death stakes in a movie like that whereas in this it's like they're clearly there there's at least half a dozen times where it's like laura should just be dead she should just be dead <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's like sure you could like address it with whatever you know you back into whatever excuse you want but it's just dumb it's yeah. just dumb because you could just easily you could have just as easily scripted the action to have worked in such a way where she still comes out alive but doesn't look as amazingly fake as it does in this movie yeah she outruns gunfire on a regular basis faster than those bullets and like there's no explanation for her ability other than she just practices a lot so i guess she's (laughs) pretty good at it or just like the these the hired guns are just like have the worst aim they're like worse than stormtroopers kind of thing yeah yeah and after and when after you watch like three scenes of that kind of action back to back you're just like you're you're dead inside you're just go numb yeah. yeah there there I'm, is a I'm, certain I'm already there yeah there's a certain value to like i think angelina jolie as laura croft is a is a good casting choice she's like believably tough if if the plot if the script rather didn't require her for these like unbelievable stunts if they you know if they were somewhere closer to reality i think you could believe her pulling it off um and like obviously if you're doing a tomb raider movie at the in 2001 based on a 90s video game franchise that was like super popular largely because the character was a hot woman uh, well yeah. a, a very blocky example of a hot woman <laughs> oh uh, those angles like you if you're going to you're going to market on that then like she checks that box so like it had potential it it feels like the budget i haven't looked at any of the budget information i don't know if you have it feels like it had to be low but then there's also weird things like this movie to jump in a little bit a little closer to to getting into the the description of the movie uh it starts with a giant robot which yeah (laughs) that is not something i remembered from watching this before and also never really plays into the movie again um there's one part where they reference it like you think oh cool the robot's gonna do something now nope (laughs) it's just yeah where, where were where were their heads and where was some budget planner who was like, oh, no, no, if we put the giant robot in, we have to really milk that to like you would think yeah. they would they would really want to make that like pay off. Yeah. Check or, off the robot or don't put the giant robot in and spend your budget elsewhere. You know, yeah. like I don't know which. So so let's so let's go ahead and, and glide into into that then. Yeah, because so the movie starts with, you know, a very obvious seemingly like indiana jones raiders of the lost ark kind of Mm -hmm. intro reference where it's laura and seemingly in a tomb trying to get this like giant gemstone out of this like you know fixed place that it's in like on a wall and she walks like past these stone columns and i don't know like what tips her off but she like does like the light catcher or something It, it makes it seem like she like crossed a, a like a tripwire or something because she like stops herself in her tracks uh after getting close to the idol and she just kind of like there's pauses. a there's a lot of scenes in this movie a lot of bad directing where 
the camera is just fixed on her face and she is making like serious expression. And like, there's no, I, I can't like say it better than that. She's just looking like she's noticed something or she's thinking something very like intensely. And I have no idea what she's thinking or what she's doing, like what she's planning in those moments. Um, but I think what tri- trips her in this one is that she just, she just hears like the robot scurrying around. Um, and then it bursts into the scene, like something out of Terminator. This like, I was about to say it's RoboCop 3000. Oh yeah. Like Ed 209. Yeah. Yeah. Giant Um, robot, uh, rushes at her. She pulls out her guns. She starts fighting it. She's destroying this ancient temple in this fight with this robot, both through her bullets, you know, bashing into everything or, and, and, and the robot like using giant saw blade arms to cut stuff in half or punch yeah. through walls. It has like a regular like bipedal two arm mode and then it fucking transforms in like General Grievous where it has like <laughs> yeah. four arms and like this the secondary arms have like one's a buzzsaw and one's like like a little like routing drill or something. Yeah. I have to imagine putting a, an effect this big at the front end of your movie is either for trailers, which I, I should have watched the trailers after this, but I didn't have time, or is it just to like get your audience like just super pumped up at the beginning? Because it doesn't fit the tone. Or I think it's the like, latter. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, hey, look at us, big flashy, flashy. Like, look at these effects that look impressive for two thousand one. But like, how do you live with yourself when you know your audience is just going to go downhill from there? Where it's like, okay, you don't pay off this concept you set up in the beginning of the movie ever, and it, it's a very weird like it's not exemplary of the rest of the film. So what was the point kind of thing for me? Well, it's me? exemplary in terms of quality. I guess so. Well, I don't know. It's not the worst robot fight aside from, <laughs> I think it's pretty uh, bad. The part where he tackles the robot tackles her. Yes. And she's just holding onto the arms <laughs> as if she could overpower this fucking robot. So, so, that's literally the aside from part I was headed for. Cause yes, you nailed it. He, she, she is strong enough to hold the arms of this robot that was seconds ago, punching through stone. And like, it looks fake as hell. It looks like it's like puppeteered. Yeah. Oh yeah. By like the Jim Henson company. <laughs> well, I like practical effects. So I like the idea of there being a physical like model for this robot there, but her struggling against it looks like it really is just like maybe two guys with hands, like their hands on a stick. Yeah. We're moving the arms and she was just... Yeah, it's not the practical effects that bother me. It's the fact that it is weightless yeah, when it happens. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's like there's the struggle, like the acting is kind of bad because she's like supposed to look like she's struggling against yeah. it, but she's just calmly like pushing them away. She has to be both struggling and super tough. Yeah. No weakness. <laughs> so so how does she defeat this robot? Uh, Fucking she uploads kazaa onto it or something (laughs) lime wire yeah laura's party mix she she defeats the robot by like ripping some important piece of it out that you think disables it and then she goes to get the gem but the robot stands up ready to attack again somehow and uh she just says stop and uh and then makes it like eject a laptop that she yeah. plugs she plugs a chip into that plays party music. Well, yeah, which what is that form factor like that me- external media like it's it's so old I don't even remember what it is. Is it real? I don't even know. No, I, I think it is because it's like it's like a it almost looks like like a long skinny SD card or something. Yeah, it's very SD like, but I don't know it. Um, yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a, a media uh, type that I recognize, but I never knew what it was. It like 
probably used by like professionals like yeah something someone just ejected the card out of their camera and <laughs> right. gave it to angelia jolie yeah um so then she drags the robot out of this ancient temple and into her house yes <laughs> which, which is like a big laboratory um where there's a nerdy guy who's playing video games and ignoring the fact that she's being you know nearly killed by this giant robot um and we kind of reveal that it's all just a training situation mm-hmm. so my question is did she have somebody design a room in her house to look like a temple so she could train in temples for the tombs, please vi- for tomb oh, <laughs> temple raider. Yeah, she's not a temple uh, <laughs> raider, please. <laughs> but like for verisimilitude, she's like, this will really help me get in the headspace <laughs> of fighting giant robots in a temple. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Tomb. Like, there's so many questions there that just don't make sense. It's like, okay, are you just going to practice the same training course over and over? Like, yeah, is that like the tombs you raid are identical in their layouts? Always the same. Like what? Nothing here makes sense except for like, look how rich and powerful Laura is for some reason. Right, and it super doesn't make sense because she doesn't even fully defeat the robot. She she defeats it. It gets back up when she turns her back to it, and then she just says stop, like she's bored. <laughs> like now I want to play party music. I'm done fighting robots. Yeah. Like if if the whole point is to be like, oh, I need a challenging situation for me to fight through. So that I learn how to be a better fighter. Don't you have to defeat the robot all the way? Is that not part of your training? Be too expensive. It's true. Yeah. She's super rich, but not that super rich. Ro- Robocop 2s don't come cheap, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the next cut. <laughs> what happened? I don't even... What, what is the immediate cut? Straight to a shower scene. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> I did make a note of that. So apparently... Uh, yeah, this is worth noting only because... Apparently, in the original the version, chroniclers of the, the shower of scenes all shower in scenes in video game movies. Now, this was supposed to be a full-on nude scene, right. um, like full-on, like let's show some boobs to the audience to get them all, you know, blood pumping for the next two hours. Um, but uh, which, which weirdly, Angelina Jolie was against wearing super short shorts at first, and then eventually, like, was like, well, whatever, fans will like it, I'll do it. But she didn't seem to have any problem doing the nude scene. Um, but they decided to cut it because they figured they'd do better with audiences if they get a PG-13 rating. Yeah. Um, so they drop the nude scene and then show a gratuitous side boob instead. Uh, I think it's both side boobs. I think she like turns to make sure you get like each one in frame. Huh. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize that. I was probably like just marching shaking, around my apartment. Shaking your head. That, that there is. Oh. We, got a, we got another one. Oh, I didn't realize how excited they got you. Um, but yeah, so her butler is like, hey, you should be a lady. And here's a dress I got for you. And she's like, oh, I'm not a lady. I, I like my boobs out. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically the scene. Yeah, because she walks out of the shower and she's it, still naked and it, talking to her butler. It has no impact on the movie besides like clearly they were like, let's just give let's check these boxes. Let's get yeah. the red blooded American male ready to go. Let's take a step back for a second. Have you played Tomb Raider? Oh, good good point. So yes, is the 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 okay. like the, the the if we go no deeper than just answering the question, yes. yes. Uh, I, I never made it very far. I always struggled. I was young. Okay. And it, I never owned the PlayStation myself. My uncles owned it. So, like, I would play on theirs, and that meant I didn't, like, even record progress. So I'd start over from the beginning every time. And, uh, yeah, so I, I barely have played Tomb Raider, I would say, okay. is I'm, more accurate. 
I'm curious how accurate to like the character of Laura Croft of that era of Laura Croft these this is um, yeah because I, I never played that that era of Laura, of Tomb Raider I've only played the reboot ones or the first reboot one and nothing else how are they in comparison what <laughs> completely different yeah yeah um, I, I have no idea I know like in the early PlayStation uh, Laura Croft. Uh, or Tomb Raider game, Laura Croft is like, she is rich, she is super rich, she has like a big yeah. mansion, and you do a training sequence in her house in a less, you know, hidden temple sort of setup. Uh, and, and Secrets then, of the less hidden temple. Right, yes. Not so secret at all, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, like her character is just like, the things I remember are like British. <laughs> like British right. Indiana Jones super spy type character personality so i don't think they got that deep sure at any point super sexualized for yeah for no real reason yeah um okay why because yeah a lot of this i I was curious i was like is this like true to form for doom raider like i don't which is interesting that they even had like the tutorial in the in the manner so it makes that fucking slightly more (laughs) training scene yeah at least a little bit more accurate yeah um Okay. All right. So we get this gratuitous shower scene. Mm-hmm. The butler. I feel like the butler is really phoning it in. Like the actor just like yeah. really doesn't care He's to just be kind there. Of there. Yeah. yeah. And the butler is also game accurate. I do remember that because when you do the training in the house, he's there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like an old guy, like a typical Alfred type butler, like white hair yeah. and that kind of thing. It's not this younger guy that they have in this movie. Which is the implication that, so the the implication in the game, at least, is that the butler was her father's butler, but her father has passed away. This guy being her father's butler and now still her butler, it seems like they would have grown up together. Like, they're close enough to the same age. So maybe he's, you know, 10 years older than her at most. Uh, Weird. (laughs) Weird to have someone close to your age that serves you. Weird to have a butler, actually, in general, no matter their age. full stop. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and say that. I'm going to put this hot take on butlerism <laughs> <laughs> butlering yeah the butler profession all right well after that scene we cut to our uh our our villain of yeah. the piece mm-hmm. um the illuminati society is gathering to discuss w- what exactly are they discussing God. like what like it's like is that what you're asking yeah it's like nefarious plans you know you could put that in brackets (laughs) and just cover the whole (laughs) maniacal laugh i don't even remember anything they say that like made sense to the plot to me at this point but basically they're meeting because they want to get something and now is like the time is nigh for yeah the prophecy the alignment of planets yeah uh, and dumb bullshit like that and they're like uh underling the 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 man they have enacted to to carry out this plan is uh none other than sir jorah mormont from game of thrones um who we'll see again in another video game movie that's right later on It, it is weird like I definitely didn't know when I eventually saw Game of Thrones that this guy was in Tomb Raider that I saw in high school, you know. Yeah. Um I didn't remember him at all. Uh and he looks a lot younger, obviously. I mean, this is yeah. a 20-year-old movie. Um He's a good-looking dude. Like I mean, I sure, think even yeah, in Game he of fits Thrones the role. he looks great. And I and I think he did a lot of like Scottish TV and stuff too and like had other roles so like he's he's a well-known actor yeah. to the he, people who knew him i guess right ian glenn <laughs> is the actor's yeah. name 
Um, um, but I yeah, already, so... He, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. I, I already mentioned that Laura's father died. We we have a scene with her, like, lamenting his passing. I yes. think it's like the day of his death, like the anniversary mm-hmm. of his death or something like that, which they yeah. say in a really weird way because the butler comes and he's like, I got some jobs for you. Uh, you can go to Cairo. You can go to... I don't remember where else. Yeah. And she's like, you know what day it is? And he says, it's the 15th. And she says, never a good day. <laughs> it's like, no 15th? Did he die on every 15th? Do you yeah. do you celebrate his death? The anniversary of his... Celebrate isn't the right word. Do you... <laughs> <laughs> Popping champagne over his tombstone. Do you grieve the anniversary of this guy's death every 15th? Can we get a month just to ground this a little bit? It's weird and unimportant. I, I would, I would honestly celebrate John Voigt's death yeah. every fifteenth of every right. month, which is what we um, learned. John Voigt, the actual father of Angelina Jolie and noted Trump publican, uh, yeah. is the, the the illustrious father of Laura Croft. Um, I guess, <laughs> and uh, wait, he's super rich. John Voigt's Angelina Jolie's father in real life yeah what yeah which is why they had him play the character in this wow i did not know real life dad movie dad same person same shitty political views angelina john voigt (laughs) (laughs) yeah perfect landing yeah 10 out of 10 um so what really gets me about this like yeah they have kind of like a small flashback or they like show his like I don't know. They do that thing where they do the flashback with the flashbacks at like 50% opacity laying mm-hmm. over the current scenes being shot. Mm-hmm. Um, what really gets me is how many American actors they use in this movie to play British roles. Yeah. Which, and then, I mean, I, we, we'll, we'll talk about the reverse of that yeah, later, yeah. which is fucking buck wild. But uh, the it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean, I, I feel like this was a more common thing in that era, right? Like, yeah. it was more common for American actors to play British roles. And I think American actors got cyberbullied enough by the British public <laughs> saying, like, these accents are garbage that they that Hollywood eventually stopped doing it. Um, so in the grand board of like karma cyberbullying gets one tick mark on its side <laughs> positive yeah. like hey you did a good thing finally then immediately like wiped off yeah um but it, it it it's it's still wild to see where it's like it's not like angelia jolie does a terribly bad job i guess but like you could obviously tell that this script was like written by an american writer because it feels so american yeah it's like you know she says bugger every like every other line when she's frustrated <laughs> and it's like like i have british friends no yeah. one says this that like like americans are so obsessed over britishisms because like oh it's like english but weird and it's just they go overboard like i've been watching the fucking like have you seen these dc animated movies they've well, been I've doing seen some not not recently yeah, well, recently. well they have like well they have like a dc anime movie universe now that they just finished and like john constantine plays like a pretty pivotal role in them and his mm-hmm. the way he they write him where he's just like it's like every british idiot right. is like every other line for him it's like that kind of shit and it just drives me up a wall it's like no actual person that speaks british english talks like this like this is just like this very like you know uh, yeah uh, it's a stereotype driven like 
just goofy portrayal of like right. let's but let's laugh at how they talk haha yeah yeah, yeah but it's like but they're not but to me it feels like it's almost like cherished it's like oh i like it it's so exotic it's kind of right thing. yeah it's so exotic yeah yeah, the yeah word no bugger. i get you oh yeah. you call french fries chips it's so cute i like it yeah kind of that shit that is like a lot of us as americans though we are like oh genuinely like i do like when they call <laughs> fish and chips like yes, i want to but- order fish and chips when i go to a pub you know yeah um yeah no i get you though it is it is like so trivial and and ridiculous and uh yeah all of all of this just does feel like trying to imagine what the super rich could be like what the super british could be like um from a perspective of like a 12 year old boy like the whole movie is like that where nothing feels authentic it's just i mean it's 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 you have to take your portrayal through the video game lens first and then also the kind of director and writers who would want to make a movie like this and by the time you've passed through those three you know filters this is what you get yeah uh not surprising to me <laughs> it's it's like it's like a it's like a concentrated beam but the beam just like makes like a fart noise by the time it goes through <laughs> all the filters yeah. yeah um all right so we get we get the illuminati the illuminati are kind of wagging their fingers at sir marmont because they're like you haven't successively gotten the pieces of the MacGuffin yet and he has this uh, assistant to him who is like what if Fabio was British and I guess so, yeah. ke- ke- kept up his hair not as well? He has yeah. like feathered blonde long shoulder length hair. Yeah, it's and like California just, surfer in a suit. Yeah. Right. Like, but also like a little bit of worm tongue where he's like a little mm. crooked a little bit. And it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like this seems like a person that doesn't need to be in, in, in the this movie whole mix. at yeah. large. Yeah. 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 Um, so <laughs> it's, you mentioned Cairo and mm-hmm. there is, there is an exchange between the Butler and mm-hmm. Laura when the Butler mentions, Oh, you, you know, there's a job in Cairo if you want to take it. And she goes, there's nothing but pyramids and sand to which the Butler replies. Oh yeah. It gets everywhere. Even in the in cracks. The cracks. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like what it's a, again if they if he has had this lifelong relationship with Laura why is he having this weird flirtatious sexual innuendo thing I I don't think it's supposed to be flirtatious I think it's an a goof like an accident okay. that he says that like not uh, obviously okay. it's in the script I don't mean like the actor made an accident but I mean like <laughs> I think the butler yeah the butler is like oh I, I didn't mean like that um right. you know okay. i think that's the the impression i took because like she i mean she straight up drops her clothes in front of him and he's just like i don't know what to do like you know he's like he's he, uncomfortable right exactly so i don't think he's flirtatious um but it is a weird like dismissive of all of egypt kind of attitude oh, i yeah. don't understand that from this character who's supposed to be, like every time we see her interact with locals for the rest of the movie she's like interested and kind she has language yeah she learns language she respects their cultures but here she's just like ew egypt (laughs) it's very weird um but after that scene they do have like a uh or or rather she has um a a like a (laughs) she's alerted to a ticking clock in her house Mm -hmm. she she starts like snooping through the house everyone's asleep i guess we haven't really talked about should we talk about her friend oh no that happens next 
This is okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I'll get my stuff backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so she hears this ticking clock. She scours her house, eventually decides that it's under the stairs. Would she use like a statue or something to bash through the wall? Yeah. She's like, I'm breaking you out, Harry Potter. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breaks open this crawl space underneath the stairwell. At which point she finds a hidden room and a little uh, a clock that uh is has suddenly started ticking after all these years um in like a glow it's like a chest that has like clearly a glowing light inside <laughs> like a hot lamp. <laughs> um but yeah which i don't i almost wonder if like some of the visuals like that are video game reference because when she opens the box there's nothing inside that is like that luminous but like certainly in video games so everyone's yeah. seen like the like legend of zelda exactly you open the chest the glowing light is shooting out of it um but she gets the clock and then immediately goes to the guy i don't know names if you've got names this will his, help his name's like bugsy or or uh um, um bryce is his okay. name all right just horrible teeth i was just so <laughs> distracted by his teeth the entire movie and i'm sorry but like just real bad like just like crooked yellow teeth well they're playing to those british stereotypes yeah <laughs> um once again yeah but this guy's lives, actually american <laughs> he lives in a uh like a motorhome out on her property because yeah. he he doesn't want to live in her 80 room or whatever it is house and he plays with little robot toys and he made the robot that she shot up in the first scene um and uh she wants him to figure out why this clock is uh ticking and he says it's a ticking clock <laughs> that's, yeah that's what they Brilliant do deduction yeah. he also has when she wakes him up she ha- he has like several of like his little robot toys like, crawl- crawling over him yeah which again like just immediately made me think like is is this like a fetish like what is right? like <laughs> what's this guy up to yeah and he's yeah. like having his fucking lego mindstorms walking all over him in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. yes 100 percent accurate so they also have to set it so he, he is like the mechanical genius type character but they have to set up that laura croft is more genius than he's genius mm-hmm. so he brings out like a little like plumber's camera thing that you would go into a drain with and he starts looking inside the clock but he has to stop to get his coffee so that while he's not looking at the camera, Laura can discover some sort of ancient symbol within the clock, yeah. like Illuminati eye or some kind of eye with an amber glow. Yeah. Um, and then do they, do they break the clock open? Yeah. Laura just at that point is just it. like, oh, I got it. And it just takes a hammer out and just smashes the thing open. <laughs> okay. Uh, which then produces some a a like bronze or golden object with like a like amber fixture in the mid- middle in the shape of like the Illuminati triangle. Yeah. Um. So then she she doesn't know what it is, right? She has to like go to a scholar somewhere. Yes, she has a connection somewhere in London, which like she lives, I guess, in like the the countryside of london um she's like i have i have a i have a contact i will i will go and see them and so she drives out on her badass motorcycle look at her sweet motorcycle skills um 
and she comes to I don't I guess it's an auction house. They don't really like or like a like a museum or an archive. Like they don't really clarify what this building is. She just kind of shows oh, up. But there is an auction happening there. That's right. I forgot this yeah. scene. Yeah. Yes. So there is an auction. So it's for all of these priceless artifacts. Well, I guess not priceless. They're literally putting prices on them, aren't they? <laughs> these these soon Formally to be priced yeah. <laughs> artifacts. Um and even though she's like this wealthy member of the elite high society, she does not understand auctions because she waves to someone at which point, even though like she doesn't have like the number card, right? Like she's not like, yeah, well, none uh, of them do. Yeah, it's, I it's guess like, that's a good not point. an auction that uses it. Yeah. She waves at someone and gets on the on the hook for some like piece of art for yeah. four hundred million dollars or something ridiculous. Okay. No, it was it was like a one point two million pounds. All right, whatever. That's that's the same thing. <laughs> British money isn't real. Yeah. Um, and which it's like they they end up somebody else bids on it just in the nick of time. She doesn't have to get locked into it. But while she's here, she is approached by. Alex West, played by Daniel Craig, Daniel James Bond himself, fucking Craig, yeah, playing an American. <laughs> yeah, that's right. While all of these Americans play British roles, yeah, he plays the American. Everyone's gotta get theirs. Uh, and also he plays like a nasally American. He's just like, yeah. hey, Laura, what? How's it going? Like, haven't seen you in a while. It's very like early, like. 90s stand-up comic like i'm gonna be a white guy <laughs> you know, like, yeah but yeah, done yeah, by yeah. daniel craig as a white guy just, just weird. being an american white guy it blew my mind just because like i mean obviously like this is this is early career daniel craig so it's like him like you we say early be... but he's four years away from being james bond was it four i thought casino royale was until like that was like 2008 2007 or something for casino royale let's 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 find out let's find out 2006 so five years years. five years shy of being james bond which five years a lot for a career half a decade yeah yeah um but it is weird and and i guess one of the like imdb trivia things was that his gun of choice in this movie is a walter ppk which is james bond's yeah so he was like playing it you know ahead of time he does Um, have a very uh i will say he almost has a nathan drake vibe to him yeah which is very funny to me uh especially later in the movie but yeah it's just weird because like i in my head i have daniel craig classified as a higher tier of actor even though like this is you know that's that's later right like he earns Mm -hmm. those accolades later and so like this is before that time but just having that mindset and seeing him on screen in this like trash tier video game movie (laughs) i was just like what the fuck is going on and why is he playing an american where is what's happening it's such a bizarre choice so i guess he is a video game character that has a different name like alex mars or something but they didn't alex east yeah they didn't clear the rights for the regular guy's name so he took the director's last name interesting yeah just to like be the same character but not have the rights for it whatever um and then he ends up not coming back he was supposed to be like in the sequel but doesn't come back because he got some other role and i would imagine made the right choice (laughs) whatever that other role is it was probably the right choice wait do they they recast him then i don't know we'll have to find out but he won't be excited yeah excited then um finally something to look forward to (laughs) (laughs) but um 
they have like a, a, a history together, something that is, you know, some sexual tension here between yeah. Alex West and Laura Croft, but also a, a, a professional rivalry because he stole something that she stole. Uh, well, she, which that, that, yeah. Can we the stop old, here? The old, the old he stole, she stole. <laughs> yeah. The, can we stop here and just realize that the movie acknowledges that she's an awful person? <laughs> like, she's super rich, but she does so by raiding cultures from across the world of their history. Let me tell you about taking empires, it and it. Nick. Let me tell yeah. you about museums. Yeah. Absolutely, though. Like, Make, I mean, you think. it really does. And the movie is just like glosses over it by being like, you stole from me. And he's like, where did you steal it from? Uh, so like no morality is equivalent, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but she then, uh, after she has her little tete a tete with him goes to talk to her old man contact, professor Oldman. Um, <laughs> who's he's like, back finally. Yeah. He got that, he got that plane fixed. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> and what is the deal? Like he's, He's looking up research on the clock. Mm -hmm. He's like, would you like support? I'm going to drink so much port right now. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps filling glasses of alcohol. He knew her father and I guess had some connection to this thing, but he doesn't really seem to give. Does he give any critical information or is he just like like, he gives like the whole background of like what the what the clock does and what its purpose is. And he like unravels the whole mystery of the MacGuffin, which I forget if they give the MacGuffin a name. Oh, the Triangle of Light. Um, And so you tell this part. Okay. Well, I'm already doing that. So so (laughs) just just hold on. Um, So they uh the illuminati is searching for this artifact called the the triangle of light which was this metal triangle that was fabricated from the metal of a of a meteor yeah. that hit i think asia right is is ultimately where they let's, go let's say yeah. um and they uh uh the, the the triangle has the power to control time is the thing which that's right yeah Yeah. what does that mean exactly like that's Uh, that's a power beyond like (laughs) don't don't worry about it don't worry about it and so the uh so this ancient civilization um was able to control the flow of time for a while and then whoever whoever had possession of it i think was like conquered or defeated or like uh, betrayed by his advisors and then his advisors decided that the the power is too great and mm-hmm. so they shattered the triangle into two separate pieces uh which You're is gonna really do some shattering. shattering yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like more of a breakage yeah chipped um, it into two pieces yeah just need some gorilla glue and they'll mm-hmm. fix that right up um and 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 sent them to opposite ends of the world and uh that's is what the Illuminati is searching after. And this, this clock will uh, basically lead them to where it is. Um, And there's apparently a second clock and the clock is only useful during the, the planetary alignment. So like the first stage of the alignment, that's why the clock started ticking. And there's like a second or third stage of the alignment. Um, And yeah, that's it. It's real dumb. Yeah. I it, 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 this the dumbness of this movie came in stages for me where it was like <laughs> oh okay like robots like bad cg robot laura croft is gonna fight 
Yeah. And then like, and then that kind of washes over you and then you accept it because like, this is what you do when you run a video game movie podcast, you just accept all the stupid that gets right. hurled at your brain. Yeah. Um, and then the second tier, the second wave of, of stupid of this movie was just this whole fucking plot like this MacGuffin, this race to the fucking artifact kind of thing i was like it's like okay there's obviously like an indiana jones inspired like this the whole thing about tomb raider or whatever yeah it's like, like, it all right, like what, the, what is the MacGuffin gonna be is it like ancient treasure is it like some sort of power but the fact that it's this thing that fucking controls time itself and like in is, a very literal way like it yeah it is it is super powerful and not like it's not like a mysterious object that maybe you know prophets say could help in da-da-da. like it is no you will be able to control time in a in a literal and direct manner um it, it's like too real for you know, like too that's too specific television. too real for television too specific for anyone to like not believe or, or I'm sorry to to believe that it could be real like i feel like all of these super powerful people would just be like mm, that's a myth <laughs> i've yeah. heard of myths before i know how they work right and and what's what because like if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're using indiana jones as the blueprint right mm-hmm. like the 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 treasures in indiana jones for the most part like let's just ignore four for a second um are like all right, they're based off of like religion or like ancient culture, mm-hmm. um, and like they have some sort of power. Like, like, like you said, the power remains vague until they like actually activate it. Yeah, and they like see what it is. Um, and even then, it's not like it's not power over one of the like core aspects of of like of laws universal of the universe. physics. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, the fact that they just, like, that's just real, that's just real big confidence in, like, mm-hmm. your your movie's ability to, like, scale stakes in just a way that, like, like you can't cash that check you just wrote. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because none of, like, these characters, they I don't believe that they are as powerful as they claim to be, you know, as far as, like, the Illuminati characters and things like that. They don't come across as being like all controlling of business and society and everything else. And yeah. I wouldn't necessarily even want them to be, cause I don't think it would be necessarily a fun movie if they took over a country in order to claim this thing, but that's what they would do. That's what they would, they would move in a military group, secure the entire region, kill anyone opposing them on site and, uh, and claim the power for themselves. If they genuinely believed it was real or they'd go, yeah. well, yeah, that's a dumb myth. I'm not going to waste money on it. <laughs> I'm controlling business already. World trade is at my disposal. I'm fine. I don't need yeah, time. I don't, I don't need the power of time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, go go haggle your wear somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So what happens after this? Uh. Oh. Okay. Why? Well, I, I know. If you're okay. if you're not confident in, I'm not <laughs> in talking about this movie. I must have I must have blanked out a part a part of this movie because I. <laughs> I, I I will say this. This movie is so it's quiet great. when it's when it's not an action sequence, when it's not like literally people shooting each other to death. Everybody talks so quiet and so serious and so like monotone that there were parts where I was having trouble keeping my eyelids open. Like I was literally falling asleep in my seat watching it. And I wish that were a worse quality. I wish it was like I could laugh out loud at how bad it were. But yeah. instead, it's just like 
Uh, come on, get somewhere, get somewhere. So Just I admit snoozing. I did lose some of this, but she meets with the bad guy. I remember that now. Yeah. So so the steps that get us to there is that the the professor, the professor Oldman is like, I can't help you as he continues to drink himself to death uh, <laughs> with port. And then she's like, okay, thanks. And she leaves and he like, you know, sheepishly looks out the window of his office as she gets on her motorcycle and drives away. more. And then, yeah, she calls her up and she's like, actually, I have a contact um, that might be able to to help you with this piece. His name is Jorah Mormont. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, Man- Manfred Powell. Um, Wait, is that really his name in this movie? It's his name. His name is Manfred Powell. I know they call him like Mr. Powell a few times. Manfred Powell is... That's a powerful name choice. <laughs> yeah. Again, this this script oozes confidence. Yes. Like this is a guy like sitting in his office typing at the at the computer yeah, being like, "Yeah, Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Um nailed it. But, so he he the, the the Dr. Oldman's like, "Here's the the location or here's his address. He's interested in being with you." And then hangs up the phone and is like, "I'm sorry, Laura." And then continues to drink. Mm-hmm. Um which I which I felt like like I felt like the 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 end cap of that dude's arc was that he was going to get like assassinated or something, right? He was going to get taken out, but they just kind of like nope, abandoned him. Um so Laura Croft goes to Manfred's mansion and <laughs> <laughs> i don't even yeah. have a joke i don't have a joke to add to it no. that just cracked me up for some reason <laughs> then that got me manfred's mansion yeah um charles manfred uh so in she goes to this mansion and it's fucking set up like an indian bazaar for no goddamn reason mm-hmm. there's like li- hanging lanterns there's like you know you're fucking it's a worldly person <laughs> yeah but like but why would you f- like make your home like a, a store like a marketplace <laughs> from a different culture and there's like just people like idly walking through and and merchants are like selling their like dyes and fucking silks or whatever and then he's like ah you must be miss croft or, no they call her lady croft throughout mm-hmm. this movie yes which is such an interesting like i don't know if that's like a a a a, a representation of like british high society or even like british uh, uh aristocracy you title someone with lady um but they uh, he's like come sit like i've also made this like step down area that's just throw <laughs> pillows that we sit down in front of and eat dates together um and she like gives him the the first piece of the puzzle the fucking clock that she has and she's just like yeah what's this about and he's like well, let me tell you i'm a bad guy and Billie this will- starts playing lead me <laughs> duh um <laughs> and he he's like this will this will lead you to the or maybe he talks about the fucking triangle of light in this part i don't remember but and he's like this will lead you to the MacGuffin. and but i've been searching for it as well and like he just kind of gives it away that he's like also obviously searching for this thing and like has less than idealistic you know intense mm-hmm yeah and it's just again another thing where it's like well i don't know like that then there's no ironic there's no drama here there's no dramatic irony you don't expect her to be fooled by this guy you don't expect like 
you don't expect anything other than kind of how it plays out, which is she says, all right, well, I'll, I'm going to leave. <laughs> all right, bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye now. Um, so now all the characters know each other, which is great for the screenwriters so they can stop pretending <laughs> that they have to like set up these characters to be interesting. Um, she goes back to her mansion and decides to do bungee jumping gymnastic <laughs> aerobic workouts for some reason her butler's like all right well don't stay up too late yeah because <laughs> like, he's kind of her butler dad i guess yeah. her 10 year old father she needs a father yeah. figure yeah um because um, hers is dead in case you forgot he's dead this, oh did i did you yeah. did we mention Every, that yeah <laughs> he 16 died. times by this point in the movie <laughs> well 15 because he dies he it's the 15th oh right Down on 15th it's always a bad day yeah always every 15th always. is a bad yes. day forever every time i see the number 15 yeah i'm miserable if i go to get gas and it's gonna cost yeah. me 15 dollars if <laughs> i go to someone's quinceanera it's just oh, the no. day's ruined yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, beware the ides of every month yes um, <laughs> all right damn it. she she is fucking bungee jumping around like the fucking I don't know. What do you call this room? This this room, the like the the, parla- the, the had, foyer, the receiving sure. room. The yeah, the giant one. That's like two stories grand tall. Hall. Yeah, yeah, great hall. That's that's more that's more that's more the speed of this of this room. Yeah. Um. And so now, oh, and also fucking Banksy or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bernie Bungie Bryce Bryce is back in his mobile home djing for some reason oh yeah yeah he's big headphones on yeah he's 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 there on the ones and twos like um just going at it on his daw and he uh uh so jorah mormont decides okay we're just gonna send a swat team in why not laura croft and steal the thing we need and this goes into what you talked about at the beginning which is just she should be dead (laughs) she should be dead like let me say 15 times 15 i would say is the right number yeah <laughs> yeah 15 is yeah. the number that i would pick. <laughs> exactly uh, so they break in they like shatter through the 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 ceiling and this is another one of those moments that they do it like so many times throughout the movie but it's just like when she's interacting with the butler or when she notices the robot where she just makes like a face where she's just like like this is playtime for her they want her to be so confident and so like untouchable that there is zero tension in her ability to get through this encounter because she she like hears the glass break and just smirks and looks at it like here we yeah. go this is going to be fun and it's like 30 armed dudes <laughs> and, and she she like cuts one of the bungees so she can like run on walls but he's suspended from the middle of the room and they're firing at her and not one of these super highly trained like black ops um like uh, uh like what's the headset infrared N- vision, vision headset yeah. yeah like guys not one of them thinks oh lead the shot she's yeah. clearly she's clearly tethered and running in that direction i know uh-huh. exactly where she's gonna be in the next moment yeah lead, so they're always firing behind her she's running out running bullets and <laughs> yeah the Illuminati, uh, you know, had budget cuts, and so they hired uh, yes. only only black ops soldiers with glaucoma, right. and you know they didn't realize how bad they'd be in the field. But right, big mistake, uh, classic mistake <laughs> that, that they always have to deal with. Um, so she bungees around the room. Um, I 
did they just want this to be cooler than it really is? Like, yes, that's exactly like, what it is. It, like, it's just it's, not that cool, is it? <laughs> like, imagine you're like a stunt choreographer or fight choreographer, or maybe not even. Maybe they didn't even have one like I'm, hired, and like maybe, I'm sure like, they had one, but maybe. But like this, this style. I mean, and it's really hard for me to pin it down. Like, what other movies like fit this specific? Like, like this movie to me. Especially with like the CG of that, the terrible CG of that robot. It's like almost like it's like the rock beats spy kids, right? It's like, like <laughs> what if, what if Robert Rodriguez wanted to take himself seriously for a change? And then this is what you get. Like, it's just yeah. this, this terrible, just humdrum of just like ridiculously campy action sequences where it's just Laura fucking wall running and doing a bunch of bullshit and none of it's believable because she's mm-hmm. just being fired upon by hails of bullets yeah from every direction and it doesn't it like it doesn't do anything for me like it doesn't like there's no joy to be derived from this it's just like well well what it needs okay. is tension i yeah. think i think the gimmick of like launching around the room on the suspended thing could work if it were first of all fewer opponents because <laughs> it's just not a believable number of attackers for her to survive that but also, if you thought she was in danger, or if you need because she's the lead to be like, mm, we we know she's not in danger. Like she's got a butler ally in this house who like straps on Kevlar and grabs a shotgun, which I think is a fun like idea. But they don't really it doesn't he never does anything with that. It just presents the idea and expects you to be happy with the idea they've presented. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, hold on, I want I want to say something right there. I think that is like my main core to the movie <laughs> well, to any movie. Right. Like I think the dissonance I have with a lot of people that like love movies that I really don't is that mm. they do exactly that where they yeah. say, here's a really cool visual or here's like the beginning in an, of an idea. Yeah. And you know where we would go with this. If yeah, we paid exactly. It off. Like you <laughs> carry it the rest of the way because we the multimillion dollar. <laughs> film obviously cannot and yeah i think that drives me up a wall more than anything else so he he gets the kevlar on and like if he were put in danger could have been an emotional tension moment for the thing also the nerd guy is in the uh in in his car and they he can't get out his car i said his uh his motorhome thing he can't get out because they have wedged a wrench in the door so instead he goes to his computer and starts like connecting to his robot and in this moment, I was like, oh, shit, they're going to pay it off. That's yeah. going to be cool. I was also like, excited. <laughs> I was like, that's going to be awesome. She gets to fight alongside it now. And maybe it's like a little beat up from the previous fight because she shot it to shit. But that still be like, you know, a powerful uh, thing. No, the robot can't stand up because it is too broken. Yeah. Um, so there's just like zero tension and zero payoff to anything. It's just wouldn't this be cool if wouldn't this be cool if um you're right movie it would be cool if you did any of that <laughs> yeah really wish you would and like there's there's like this moment with bulletproof glass that the mercs can't get through um and then they're like standing on the other side of that trying to like they're either trying to get through or maybe they're like shooting around a corner or something and the butler comes out and he specifically aims at the bulletproof glass and shoots it and doesn't kill anyone so where what was that supposed to do um he's seen die hard one too many times he's like yeah. shoot the glass yeah shoot the glass which could have been like if it weren't super bulletproof glass why is it super bulletproof glass in the middle of her house too i yeah. guess she's been attacked a few times before <laughs> um 
So she runs down to the garage, which is filled with like all of her super expensive vehicles only for the purpose of destroying all of her super expensive vehicles in a gunfight. Um, and she finds, is it like a air gun of some, like a pressure? Oh, it's yeah. for the, it, I know what it is now that I've said it. It's, it's for tires, like yeah. putting the bolts on tires. Mm-hmm. And she sticks screwdrivers into it? Yeah, a bunch of different tools. Yeah, I okay. think she has like an awl at one point and a screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. And she uses that to fight her way through this scene, but determines that they are actually here to take the clock uh, from from her father's other clock, the clock that was inside the other clock. Um, and <laughs> oh, the poison. The poison made specifically to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she is not successful, even with her cool tool launcher. <laughs> um, she is not able to stop them from taking it. So they secure the clock, and then they all just leave. And nobody's hurt. And wasn't it cool that cool things happened? Don't you think yes. so, Dylan? Uh, it certainly was, movie. <laughs> Thank what? you for trying to convince me <laughs> how cool this all is. What happens after the clock has been stolen? They they determine. I do like how my single note for that past scene we just described is worst fight scene ever. Um, <laughs> that's all you put in. That's all I put in. Um, I forget how they do this. They determine like she knows that there are two of them and she knows like where they have to go. I forget how she does this. A a time delayed letter from her father right. arrives. Right. So like it was set up. I guess he knew he was going to die. Um, Are you Martin McFly? It's, 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 it's dated the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he has waited specifically to send this letter instead of giving her a considerable amount of time to prepare for the greatest adventure of her entire life. Right. He waits until she's in the middle of it and has already been attacked. What if she died? <laughs> then the letter shows up and the butler's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> what do we do with oh, this no. now? Um, but yeah, so and then, he, and now it's now it's butler's time to shine. <laughs> yeah. He's going to put that Kevlar back on and shoot some more windows. Yeah. Butler colon Tomb Raider. <laughs> Tomb Butler. <laughs> um, so dad has given her a hidden message that or a uh, delayed message that tells her where to go which is cambodia oh yeah, right this, because this, this is we get a john voight scene because it does voiceover like it doesn't just do voiceover it has him reading the letter to no one <laughs> like like he's just <laughs> dictating it uh and they cut well, to you know, that a bunch. sometimes it's easier to proofread if you're saying it out loud yeah okay so um but uh, he says you have to go to the temple where the jasmine flowers, like that that one jasmine flower only grows, and you know there. So she goes to Cambodia. Mm-hmm. It's a holiday in Cambodia. Yes. Uh, when she arrives in Cambodia, she runs into well, doesn't she doesn't run into anybody? She spies on Sir Jorah Mormont's operation. Uh-huh. with where, james bond where he has allied himself with daniel craig exactly and she says oh okay they're going in that way there's a really good oh i guess i'll i'll come back to it 
there's a good thing I noticed here that isn't in the IMDb goofs and has me thinking, I need to submit a goof. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, my time to shine has come. Yeah. Um, this whole podcast has been worth it. But uh, she sees them trying to break in through one way. So I guess they know exactly where the temple is. And that doesn't, you know, um, the, the, her secrets from her father were not really all that secret. Uh, but she's going to go around the back way. <laughs> Is that just mm-hmm. is why haven't they scoured the temple to look for other ways in? It's something I can't really figure out. I don't know. Um, but she's driving around the jungle. There's a fun little trivia moment here where she's driving the Jeep. She gets like some like special agent people, SAS, I think, to to airdrop her Jeep into the yeah. jungle for this. And as she's driving through the jungle in her Jeep, um, the top is down because they wanted that cool shot of driving the Jeep with the top down for some reason but they really drove this through the jungles in Cambodia and snakes kept falling into the Jeep while they were driving and they had to like retake this shoot over and over again because they had to cut to, and she was apparently Angelina Jolie was not happy about it. Um, Incredible. Small little taste of trivia there. Uh, So they, she goes in the back way uh, because she sees some butterflies fluttering in to an opening and she's like, Oh, I know there's a way in that way. And maybe a ghost helps her as well. Yeah, what the fuck is happening in this scene? What <laughs> yeah. is what is any of this? It's just like a small Cambodian girl giggles and like hides behind a pillar and then she's gone and appears somewhere else and giggles and hides behind a pillar. And while Laura's following her back to Daniel Craig, he's uh, Jora is concerned they're taking too long to get in this temple. So... Um, Daniel Craig is ordered to go like make it happen faster. And just because I I guess we should explain the setup. Uh, They have two big ropes attached to a big statue that is like built into the temple wall. And it's like an Angkor Wat style temple, like this old Cambodian thing with jungle vines growing all over it and everything. And uh, they, they're just, there's just like a army of like, peasant locals i guess like some of them are shirtless and others are wearing rags yanking on these ropes trying to pull down this statue and out of this like 50 person operation daniel craig is like all right and takes off his shirt and shows his like muscle shirt (laughs) underneath and grabs the rope and starts yanking as well but as he's yanking it down and like yelling at them like come on ladies and he's like being all macho american guy with his also nasally voice um it cuts to the the wall actually collapsing, and if you look, he like it literally just jumps from and back and forth a couple times from him on the ropes and him standing at the wall as it's tumbling down. Oh my god! And he's I didn't in even both shots. It. It's so good. <laughs> he's, he's so Daniel Craig's twin. Uh, yeah. We'll have to assume dies when the wall comes down. <laughs> it's like why did why did why do they even need power over time? They have power over teleportation already, right? Yeah, power over space. There's there's a little bit of that in this movie actually. There's another scene um, where <laughs> this is so dumb. It's so dumb, and I only know this because I scoured the goofs looking for that goof. Uh huh. But a UPS driver shows up at uh, Laura Croft's house after the gunfight. Right. And like the whole point, the letter. yeah, yeah. And the whole point is like <laughs> the, the the goof is like 
he moves impossibly fast <laughs> like because he pulls in and like the truck goes slightly off view like off frame and then clearly there was an actor staged waiting to walk out um as soon as the truck gets there so like it isn't the same driver he just immediately starts moving as soon as the truck stops and it's like how could he get from the driver's seat to walking around that corner so fast yeah Um, this is why ups is so reliable yes yeah they have mastered the time triangle um it's it's such a silly like i don't know who put that in imdb and they missed the daniel craig (laughs) doubling but whatever um it's really good you got to go back and watch the the two daniel craigs so they get in the temple she goes in the temple following the ghost the ghost actually sets her up though um it's kind of fucked up forgot about this uh she uh she's like talking to the ghost does the ghost speak to her or is it the kid later who speaks to her i I don't think this ghost speaks to her i think she just silently sits there on like a, a log and points yeah and Laura like follows that direction and the ground gives way and Well she picks she picks the jasmine first. Oh yeah, to prove that this is the temple where the jasmine grows. Yeah. As if as if we might have thought, wait, is this the right one, Laura? Yeah. Are you sure? Wow, a whole red herring scene. This is this is wild. <laughs> With a ghost. The With ghost is here, but the temple is the wrong one. <laughs> that would be the best. Um but yeah, so it is the right temple. Then she she steps on the booby trap, I guess, or whatever, and the the ground gives way and collapses down. But this effect is so cheap because it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's accomplished by having her stand with like some things hanging around her, like vine things hanging around her, and then like maybe somebody like had a fan underneath her and is just blowing it up at her and her arms are straight up and she's screaming. But at no point does she look like she's falling. Does she tilt one way or another? Or does she like grasp at things? She just kind of yeah. like open hand slaps some of the vines. Like yeah. I, I can't actually grab hold. Cause then it would look like I'm able to pull myself up. I'm Laura Croft. And the, sh- and the shot is like in profile and it's like the, the space she's in is like, barely wider than her yeah um and so like the rest of the the rest of the shot it looks like it's like super uh pillar box because of that because everything else is dark so it's just like you just see the 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 outlines of the the rocky surface Mm -hmm. of the shoot she's falling down so it's it's fucking amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that was a thing that they put in there but then oh go ahead no i didn't know all right i'm sorry i don't want to overrun you on yeah. this. and but then i have so many thoughts <laughs> because she falls through this hole and immediately is like you know once she like stabilizes herself she grabs something i don't remember what uh a vine or or whatever uh to slow her fall she pulls out a uh like a flare device like this like tube of light um and looks all around as if as if she's illuminating this chamber but when they do a wide shot of the chamber there's like 50 light sources inside the chamber coming from broken things in the ceiling. There's a glowing pool in the middle of the room. There's all these things. And it's like, your light is the least luminous thing in this room. What are you adding to this? And what could you not have seen before you turn that on? Um, But she, she notices flashlights. Dudes are coming. She goes into hiding and then they start, 
trying to figure out how they're going to right. to solve the puzzle. Daniel Craig, oh, this is a good moment. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> the Jura's like, well, Daniel Craig, you figure it out. You're the Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ba-da-ba. Roll credits. yeah <laughs> it would have been a better movie honestly um but how do what do we want to say about his puzzle solving um it's bad this is like when you like know the answer to a puzzle. this is like when you watch someone play portal for the first time you're just like no just no just go over there no but but you but you don't want to say anything because you don't want to be rude but like yeah there's a certain point where you just want to like rip the controller out of their hands and be like i'm gonna do it um <laughs> But so they are like, I don't know. So there's like this big day on the floor in the middle of this room. There is a big kind of, uh, it's not Buddha. It's like, it's like Vishnu or so. It's like someone. Some from, Cambodian think, yeah. figure. Yeah. Um, or vaguely Cambodian figure, if not actually of any, it may not be a legitimate religion for all we know. Right. Um, and, uh, but it does seem like vaguely Hindu or something. Yeah. And, uh, and it has like multiple, it has like four arms and then there are a bunch of, it's holding like four different swords in its arms. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, uh, what James Bond comes to realize is that there's like four slots on the floor where these swords can fit. These giant ass, like these swords are as big as a person. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that if they, they can slot the swords into the ground and those act as like keys, I guess for some reason and then in the middle of the day there is a a a slot to fit the the clock that they have stolen from mm-hmm. Lord Croft and Laura is like sneaking around and she's like up in the up in like a higher tier and elevated position like this like small little outcrop balcony and then she finds this door and she can also read whatever like script or hieroglyphics are on the wall and she's like reading about like some prophecy or like what happens if they activate the room wrong or something like that. And, um, and they also know for some reason that they have to put the key in at the exact moment, the next phase of yeah. the planetary alignment starts, which it's like, okay, sure. Sure. Whatever. Not yeah. going to question it. They, they play it real fast and loose, though, with that actual timing in this yeah. scene. Yes. They have to start counting it down, but then they'll, like, talk in the middle of it and then just pick up counting down right where they left off. As someone that wears about timing for podcasting and, yeah. and such things, this really stressed me out. Yeah. Like, you're, like, 30 seconds late. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Daniel Craig is confident that the, the key the 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 clock will fit in the slot on the floor but there is a duplicate s- slot um uh, next to Laura. And mm-hmm. so Mormont's like all right I'm going to start counting down and I'll put it in and he starts counting down and from like 2 minutes and once he gets to a minute uh Laura Croft interrupts and is like hey and then they immediately start shooting at her. <laughs> yeah, which fair <laughs> like yeah. probably She's what you should do if somebody villain. shouts at you in a cave or yeah. in a temp tomb a tomb yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> you are you are the temple raider yeah <laughs> yeah that would have been honestly better <laughs> um and then daniel craig corrects him and he's like actually it's I actually prefer a tomb, tomb raider yeah. yeah yeah um so they they fire at her for some reason mormont is like mm, hey let's hear her out yeah and uh she says like hey you're putting it in the wrong one but i know where the real one is so you better not if you don't want to die um or you can wait 
till the next time the planets align and then we'll all die and that's fine too which is five thousand years from now yeah yeah um so she says that he like last second gives in but this is when they're doing that whole countdown thing where he's like all right 34 seconds 33 seconds and then she's like alex west what are you doing here and he stops counting to be like oh you know i'm just working i'm just doing a job it's cool 33 seconds like, <laughs> no time has passed yeah um, you already have power over time apparently yeah absolutely yeah they there's there is no co- consistency to time here um so here's my question how does she know the eye socket that she wants to put the clock in is more accurate than the one they found because it sure seems like she just happened to find that one first and she's convinced that fate brought her to the right one. They both know about some riddle about this thing that has something to do with like the way like it like it has to be like looking into the eye or something oh, into the face of something. It did say yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. And, and this one is pointed is standing vertically and pointed at the statue's face, whereas the other one's laying flat on the ground and pointing yes. up towards the sky okay well you got it look at that <laughs> i i would have been with daniel craig and died but you're a mormont he trusts her he gives her the thing she says i'm gonna steal it from you after you take it um and he's like we shoot her if she tries um but then <laughs> what's weird about this okay so these this ancient people they have mastered the powers of time we're also about to find out that they have like just straight up magical control over stone, I guess, because they can make animate golems when all these statues come to life. But their whole plan here is that they're going to swing this like pendulum battering ram thing with a, with a brass tip on it. And it's going to fly into a, a cauldron of glass and shatter it in just such a way to like free the piece from, uh, or I guess it frees light which well, frees the yeah. piece yeah well it also doesn't the liquid play a part because then the liquid like flow sprays out ruins yeah. the grooves on the ground yeah it's like some fucking like liquid metal starts bubbling up also yeah. but when you activate the thing uh-huh it drops that thing and we all know from physics that like a swinging object will never gain distance right it's going to only lose yeah, yeah, yeah. momentum as it swings so she has to jump on it and like force it forward to make it actually yeah. break the glass like a swing like a like a swing was that always the intent these people's created this thing where you would have to jump on it and swing it well you gotta put some effort in like it can't be too easy it feels real weird it feels like their thing is broken and she had to like come up with a last second fix hey for hey it. bob 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 come 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 into the treasure room look 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 at this great rube goldberg device yeah that jim made to to, to get the treasure back you <laughs> and activate like, it I, I, in the whole yeah. room like spins. It's, just, it's just silence as they're watching this battering ram swing back and forth and, and never, never activate the thing it's like fucking ah, god damn it jim you fucked yeah. up also i have questions though what if you just shot the glass container that has the like magic light juice in it wouldn't that do the same thing as the brass thing puncturing it i don't you know could stab is, it is you it, could do is a bullet made of brass <laughs> it could be i'm okay. sure you could make that happen if you needed right. to then it works maybe maybe there's like a mechanism inside 
that I don't know. Maybe he has to break it a certain way. Why are we? Why are we talking about this so I don't much? Look what Terminator Croft puts the fucking clock into the goddamn door, and all this shit activates, and she realizes, like we said, the fucking pendulum battering ram doesn't get to the goddamn fishbowl of light juice (laughs) and she jumps on the battering ram and it makes it go closer and it cracks it open all the fishbowl juice spills out and it goes into the little grooved runes on the ground and it like collects together and then it summons like this world of alex mack or something (laughs) (laughs) summoning like this bubbly liquid metal that's just levitating like there's so many like fucking like more or as or at the very least equally amazing things as the power to control time that they just plainly like ignore yeah and and don't care about (laughs) but so they're like all right james bond grab that half of the triangle of light so we can get the fuck out of here and he starts like cautiously walking up to it to make sure like because you know if i see fucking liquid metal metal levitating i'm gonna be like that's that's gonna kill me i've fucking seen indiana jones i know how this shit goes down yeah mercury poisoning was a thing like in in america in you know daniel craig would know because he's american in this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that full-blooded american daniel craig that we know and love yeah um but yeah, so uh, he goes to grab it, and then uh, Laura Croft swings down, still on the pendulum, and reaches mm-hmm. over and grabs it before he can, uh, and starts to. And she like jumps off the pendulum, which I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you would try to like stay on your high vantage point and get away that way, <laughs> right? Um, but in doing so, this like bubbly liquid metal then just falls to the ground and just starts snaking to all the statues Mm -hmm. standing in the room. And like Nick said, turns them to life Mm -hmm. because that's a power equal. Like you said, equal to the time manipulation stuff. Like not literally, if you have all your powers to choose from, yeah, you're going to choose time manipulation over animating statues for sure. But if you are planning on getting the time manipulation, yeah, you're also going to be like, and also I'm going to yeah. take over. I'm going to so figure out how they animate these statues because that'd be yeah. pretty useful. It's like ancient civilization supermarket sweep, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. you want to get the turkeys because that like those are worth a lot or whatever. But like mm-hmm. you still got space in the basket. And, like, why not put in some, you know, animated golem powers in there <laughs> yeah. while you're at it? Right. The two things you get at supermarkets, <laughs> animated <laughs> yeah. golem powers and turkeys. Look, they they only come around on Thanksgiving, and you, you <laughs> yeah. need to make sure you get a couple boxes of them. That They're last, in the freezer at least, section like, through the month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I hate these golems because They're so bad. They're so bad. They're like broken. Like they they when they animate, they kind of like break sections of themselves to be able to move and that kind of thing, which implies that magic is literally holding them together, right? Or that like their form shouldn't really matter, right? Like. If you knock off its head, it doesn't have a brain in there. It just is this moving piece of stone. So why then, when she shoots one in the face and smirks at it, does it crumble to dust? Like, also shooting it in the face that close, like, ricochet is a thing. Nothing is more powerful than the confidence of a woman. With a gun. With With two two guns. With two guns. (laughs) Jumping backwards in the air. Yeah. She doesn't do any of that. Man, imagine this movie directed by John Woo or something, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she shoots up a bunch of statues. The other guys shoot up a bunch of statues. <laughs> Jorah Mormont sees one of these golems, like, 
rearing back its arm with a spear in it uh, or a sword or something, and he's going to throw it. And instead of ducking out of the way or moving at all, he reaches and and like if they sped this up or something, maybe it would have worked. But everything plays out with enough time for you, the viewer, to like think, why is he doing this? Uh, he grabs one of these armed soldiers nearby and holds them in front of him. So that guy gets stuck with the spear and then he throws that guy aside and keeps firing his gun. Yeah. And it's like you if you had enough time to reach over and pull a whole person in front of you, you had time to sidestep. Also, also, super strong, like, golem thing throwing a sword. What if it just went through him and killed you anyway? What if it killed both of you? Like, this was a bad plan. In, and it, it's another one of those wouldn't it be cool if moments. Um, so this the, I the audience had forgotten that he was a villain. So we need to remind them. <laughs> yeah, that he's a real he's bad, a bad guy. guy. Well, I think you could you could lose sight of it potentially. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> duh. Uh, you could lose sight of it if you were like, wait, what has he done that's really all that bad? Oh, right. He, he had to kill someone so we know. Um, so there's this like dog statue with wings like or lion with wings or something, you know, some kind of quadrupedal animal statue. Uh, and all of the guys like with Jura go outside. They're like, we got to retreat. We got to get out of here. She's still in there fighting. Oh, we forgot the big four. The multi-arm statue animates. Yeah. That one stands up and it has like a weird moment where it like it has three heads uh, on, you know, like not like side by side, but like one head with three faces on it. And it turns one of the heads to like smile at her, implying that not only does this magic have like animating properties, but there's a little bit of intelligence driving it as well. Yeah. And, and it thinks Laura is hot. Is it? Do you think it was because it was hot or, or she's hot or because like. It's like, ah, I'm going to get you. I'm so badass. I don't know. It could be either way. Could be both. Yeah. But she's like, smiles back at it and then somehow hits one of the supports on the swinging pendulum thing, which has lost no momentum since this whole battle started. Enough time for all the guys to get outside, but no momentum lost. It swings into the giant statue and breaks that up. So then the dog thing is chasing her out. It grabs her backpack and like tries to fly her away, but whatever power animates them must only exist within the tomb because as soon right. as it hits sunlight, it explodes into rocks. And all of that's weird enough and like, you know, noteworthy but weird, uh, passable, I guess. But what's the weirdest thing to me? Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're going, you're smiling like you know. <laughs> All of the dudes, Jorah uh-huh. and Daniel Craig and everyone else, uh-huh. they're like lounging outside almost as if it's been like hours and they've been waiting for her. Like they immediately ran from this fight and were like, Whew, all right, let's all take a break. <laughs> like They're kicked back on like, uh, like fainting couches and things like that in the middle of the jungle. And what what happened there? How long was no. she in there? Because for no, us, it I, feels I, like I, seconds. I, I don't remember them specifically lounging, but you might be right. But yeah, the fact that she gets flown out by this this winged creature and then falls and has the time to scatter to her feet and then also make a, a make a run for it into the jungle without yeah. anyone like sticking her up or shooting her or anything yeah. is incredible. They're they're literally sitting in chairs. Jura is like leaned back on his red like soft chair okay and and like 
why if you know what's happening in that temple you have to assume a few things are potentially possible those golems could be coming out to kill us so either we need to keep running or we need to like make a defensive line um or she's in there and gonna come out and we need to make a defensive line or keep running (laughs) those are your options that's it and instead they went she dies or defeats them and they have to go back in yeah 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 any of those possibilities but instead they were like "Woo, that was exciting i need to lie down <laughs> like can someone bring me some grapes grapes anyone yeah and they have their fucking like craft services spread one of things with like <laughs> is like a pile of bananas not like you know oh here's like one or two bunches it's like a literal mound nice. of bananas i did miss that <laughs> so yeah, it's like in the background of one of the shots so laura goes to uh, a, a nearby temple she like a, oh there's a moment with daniel craig where he like plays fugitive with her and she jumps off a cliff because he won't shoot her so mm-hmm. she knows so, so that's the difference she right? made a peter pan right here <laughs> jorah is bad guy he will kill people for uh, he will go out of his way to yeah. put someone else's life at risk whereas daniel craig holds her at gunpoint but lets her go because he won't shoot her so now we know who's good and bad as if that wasn't obvious to begin with right um but she gets away she goes to like a little temple village um where a buddhist monk greets her another imdb goof where it's like is this really a goof but they put it as a goof uh where it says a buddhist monk would never greet an outsider like that especially a woman (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah i was like harsh dude very intense Uh, fact check yeah (laughs) um but not only uh, does she does he greet her he also offers to uh let her use his uh, apparently satellite phone yeah you know what you take all the time you want on the phone i'm gonna hold this satellite and point it at the sun or something so that it gets enough signal for you so he holds that for her um oh man so also they introduce for no reason at all magic healing tea that these buddhists have She's yeah. got a tiny, in all of that gunfire and giant golem statue battle, she has a tiny cut on her arm, and now she doesn't because because well, of magic tea. Yeah. I was I was worried for a second about yeah. Laura Croft. Um, I also want to point out here: there's so many little things. Weirdest transition. They do a morph transition, uh, from the temple that she's staying in to back to i i assume london or some other like uh you know western civilization um when she goes she leaves here and she goes to meet up with oh i I guess it's venice actually it must be venice yeah she eventually gets to venice yeah she goes to like the illuminati headquarters and like they take the shot and they do that like really bad morphing effect where like it just blends the two until you're in the new shot. Sure. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But like shapes like transform as a result, you know, along the way in the, in, in the like transition. And, uh, and it's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I guess like Indiana Jones had the red line on the map. We need some way to show that we're going to a new place, but yeah, making great. the world bend to our, our transition doesn't seem right. Um, she gets to Venice. She shows off that she knows he's Illuminati and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't be Illuminati. You're so and, silly, Laura. Yeah. And then immediately gives up on pretending he doesn't know or that she doesn't know. And he's like, all right, well, I'm Illuminati, but so is your dad. 
and uh, she's mad about that because how could he be? And I guess she never plans to like be on his side, but she uses that as the way of being like, all right, well, if my dad was, and you're going to go do this thing, I have a piece that you need. You have a piece I need. Cause you got my dad's clock. We'll team up and we'll go to Siberia. Yeah. Well, that's not why he, she teams up with him. Is it not? Well, she teams up with him because he says, if I get the power of time, I can go back and save your dad. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, to which she replies, no, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to risk everything. I'm not going to risk the fate of the world just so I can see my dad. But then she and does. Then she, <laughs> and then she dies. <laughs> yeah. Because so. she leaves. And then, then it cuts to them, like, preparing to go. Like, there's, like, a big, like, you know, kind of, like, a military-style, like, unit carrier helicopter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Jorah Mormont's there. And then his assistant, Fabio, is there. And Daniel Craig's there. And they're like, oh, the mission's going to be a failure. Like, we have to tell, like, the high command or the fucking, the order, or whatever their fucking council of elders is for the Illuminati. And then out from behind the helicopter walks uh, Laura Gandalf the White. Oh, dressed up. (laughs) Well, uh, she like when she walks out, I'm like, oh, right. This this movie came out right after the Matrix because she's wearing like the fucking like blacked out sunglasses like Neo. And she's got Mm. like tight spandex like that kind of looks like like her clothing in the games. Like it's like that kind of teal color. And then also like a like a white long coat yeah like a white trench coat and i'm just like man just the early 2000s were just not a good time Mm. for fashion listen dusters are cool (laughs) yeah okay Uh we always know this we've known it since cowboy times yeah (laughs) we uh we will know it forever a duster and a fedora man's two best friends and the apocalypse everyone's gonna need a duster if they want to survive and uh and that's the way it works that's why i'm hoarding them and i'm gonna start (laughs) up shop as soon as the world ends yeah right when currency falls out of any functional use that's when i'm gonna open up my my warehouse so i'm gonna hit it big baby yeah so they're going to siberia with a bunch of illuminati guys and a bunch of like mercenaries and they're gonna get the second piece from this other place here's my thing if if you are that society that's like this is too powerful and it's going to cause problems forever. If we have this uh, triangle of time, uh-huh. don't put it in a temple, chuck it in the ocean, like, or just actually destroy it. How about instead of yeah, just like, we're, we're going to break it into two pieces. pieces. Why don't you break it into all the pieces? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, this could go a lot further. Um, it, we got, I got so many questions though. Oh, Okay. Well, that's all right. I'm going to move on. (laughs) They they land in Siberia. They buy a bunch of dogs from the locals. This is more of her interacting with the locals and speaking their language and just being like generally the good guy. Just, you Mm -hmm. know, like, hey, reminder, she's the good one. Uh, They they take some trucks uh, in like some like Russian military vehicle trucks into the the tundra. Um, Well, before 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 they leave. She's approached by another little girl and yes. the little girl says, you won't be able to do it. And she's like, do what? Bring your dad back. And she's like, uh, the fuck? And then like looks around and then looks back and she's gone. Yeah. But in her place is a little jasmine flower. Yeah. 
growing out of the ground. So do we think ghosts or time travelers? <laughs> oh, wow. I was I I just assumed hallucinations the entire time. Is or that that is a, a valid third option. Yeah. Is Laura Croft in this movie schizophrenic and hallucinating entirely different sequences than anyone else can perceive? None of this movie actually happened after the <laughs> the raid on her mansion. Yeah, she, she's been in she's the hospital. bleeding out. <laughs> yeah. And just imagining her adventures that she would like to cuz she tried to bungee jump through a gunfight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This could right. be so cool. Ah! So they're going to the dead zone where no technology is going to work. And yep. what does that matter? It never does. They only show it by having a guy on a laptop. Uh, the Bryce, Bryce, yeah. yeah, Bryce is on his laptop, and he, uh, his laptop like screen dies out, and they're like, "Welcome to the dead zone." And it's like, does it? Is it an EMP field? What? <laughs> what prevents technology <laughs> there? It's just an extended sprint ad. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is going to walk into the foreground and be like, on sprint, America is widest covering network. You can <laughs> go to Siberia's dead zone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like no reason for it, it. It never does it ever matter. Does it ever like play into the no. plot? Yeah. It's just no, like neither does the ghost hallucinogenic girl. Like he's just like, hey, here's something weird. Yeah. Um, so then they take the dogs. The dogs also don't really play a big part, I don't think. But um, they get out to this frozen tundra temple. Um, yeah. They they use the dogs to right cross uh, the dog sled, sled inside sled their way. I got I got huge uh, Super Mario Brothers the movie vibes from this scene when they're riding the mattress through the frozen pipes with the dogs going yeah. through like this cylindrical tunnel. Yeah, I was like, oh god. Oh, I guess the dogs do pay off, though, because when they do get oh into God. the uh-huh. temple, yeah. <laughs> the dogs leap through a light field. And a it, time storm. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you why don't you take over and, and tell sure. us about yeah. this? They get they get they get to the temple. It's all like awe inspiring. There's a giant orrery in the in the center with like mm-hmm. a giant sun with planets uh, swerving around in this big mechanism. Um, and then there's just like like you said, Nick, just big like amber colored bubbles floating through the air that catch the light and glow in certain ways and one of the huskies is just running around and leaps and leaps into the bubble and then the bubble disintegrates the dog (laughs) (laughs) like you watch this dog's skin dissolve away and then yeah. it's just showing you like his musculature and then that goes away and then it's just a skeleton of a dog and you're like holy shit that's pretty gruesome that they just have these dissolving acid bubbles floating through the air and then the bu- the dog comes out the other end and is perfectly fine yep to which laura croft exclaims oh that must be a time storm yeah and i'm like bitch what yeah like you can't just okay. say that yeah <laughs> you can't just say this is how this is and nothing is weird about it like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and also it does any it feels like a setup that doesn't pay off again does well, anybody does. okay they they shine a laser they use it yeah mm, yeah nobody gets like caught in one though uh no which feels like what should happen right like you should right. have someone's face get like you know like ah, i'm a skeleton now. very indiana <laughs> jones i guess yeah but, yeah um that should well, have happened but they but they already show that it poses no threat because right. you can pass through it and be fine yeah 
It's so yeah. fucking stupid. What's the point? Why is What's it the here? Point? What's the point? Wouldn't, wouldn't it All be right, cool? So, yeah. So let's let's get through this 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 middle stage of this sure. kind of final act. Yeah. So they, for some reason, decide that like they determine that the the second half of the triangle has to be inside the sun of mm-hmm. the orrery. I don't mm-hmm. know how they come to this conclusion. Um, this seems more like just a setup to show off these comically gruesome deaths <laughs> of random faceless guards climbing up the planetoids on the orrery and then getting sandwiched between yeah the, the two arms and gears mechanisms yeah, yeah. and just hearing them scream and then bones crunching as it as it sandwiches them um but both daniel craig and laura croft jump onto two separate planets they clamber up them and they're kind of looking for a way to get inside um Laura eventually kind of like scoots her way down one of the arms down to the base of the sun and sees that there are like little fixtures uh, uh, in there. And she calls to Alex, have uh, Alex throw her the the clock. He does so. She takes it um, and waits for the countdown again because I have to do it at a specific time. And then she fits it in place. And then gets teleported <laughs> magically like, inside like the orrery. Stargate style, like a burst yeah. of water comes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then fire. you're like, okay, we're going to get like a Avengers Infinity War style, like her and like just like floating space, like talking or like figuring out like, <laughs> like you know, something Stone like that. Type right? situation. Okay. And, and instead, you'll see anything. It just <laughs> shoots her back out instantaneously. <laughs> With the other half of the triangle yeah. in place. Yep. <laughs> this and is. Have, have you ever watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Which I think would be a great addition to our like slightly outside the bubble of video games, but still no, a I game. Haven't. All right. There is a moment like that where they have to like solve this puzzle by going into a map. Like they have to like figure out how to get into the map, and then they get in, and you expect like, oh, it's a pocket dimension. There's gonna be a whole world in there. And they just immediately come out of the map and they're like, all right, we know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> and you it's get like, none like, of it. It's like it's like if Blue's Clues, like the part between where they jump into the book and jump out of the book, it was just they didn't show the in-between. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That. Croft can do. We can too. All right. So, so also I'd like to point out that like climbing on the whole arms of the orrery was never intentional or necessary because if the thing is at the base of the sun in the middle of this thing, it's in this like pool of like a hot spring water. Looks like great water to swim in, by the way, like movies ruined me. I feel like Goonies did this, this kind of movie. They all have this like super clear bubbling. It's like a giant jacuzzi. Like it's like clean looking water in spite of being in an untouched temple that should be like all mucky and gross. Um, I want to swim in that water, but you could just swim right over to the place where she put the thing in and have been fine. Would have been great. Uh, but anyways, uh, she has it. Um, she, she gives it to Jorah. He takes the two pieces and wedges them together and nothing happens. They just come right apart again. (laughs) Like they're not working. Um, so he the instruction says, booklet said it worked this way. <laughs> yeah. He says, well, I know you're a genius. You'll figure it out. And he throws a knife at Daniel Craig and hits him in the heart. And <laughs> then that wasn't enough, like not gruesome enough of a death. He falls into the water 
okay he could drown and bleed out nope instead he floats over to one of these rotating arms and gets wedged into the gear works crushed to death she tries to give him cpr while he's being crushed she doesn't pull him out first she's giving him air underwater and he dies and then she spends a lot of screen time glaring at jura from this point forward uh just like so intense and not i guess intimidating in the context of she's killed 30 men on a bungee cord but like doesn't look intimidating in this scene the directing does not sell it um so and and jorah did all this because he said hey i have power over time if you help me and i can go back and exactly james bond as well as your dad um so and i forget how she figures comes to this conclusion but zero evidence that leads to this she just knows yeah so she (laughs) asked for one of the laser lights one of the acog sites from one of the uh military men one of the mercenaries that are with with them and then takes the key and throws it into a time storm and then shines a laser at it and then the time storm breaks it apart yeah Yeah. uh and there's like a little little amber piece in it and then she reaches out and grabs it and when she grabs it it's still in the bubble and we don't even like get to see like her fucking her hand. skeletal hand yeah. or anything yeah. like like Curse of the Black Pearl style like oh that's interesting it's just like boop I got it I'm fine which I guess is because she shined the laser because that means something <laughs> I don't know man so then they we do get the like mindstone pocket dimension though at this point oh that's true because she she drops that pebble into the triangles which is yeah. like turns out they had a third piece um so all this time you've been complaining dylan about it only being two pieces guess what there was one more the whole time you know if it were 15 pieces i'd be really on a little bit (laughs) a little bit more reasonable um they drop the third piece in it it explodes with this like time energy bubble that sends (laughs) sends her flying backwards in the most comical way she is not like thrown out of control instead she like ballerina pirouettes through the air (laughs) um (laughs) but then that teleports them maybe just in their minds but presumably i guess it casts them through time is what it's trying to sell to us i suppose i so the 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 time triangle is then uh placed on top of another giant like pyramid yeah uh, like illuminati style pyramid which jura mormont and laura croft are both sprinting up the sides of yes to try to get to the time pyramid first and uh laura croft successfully grabs it before jorah mormont does to which jorah goes no and then like spins off into (laughs) space himself uh but um they we then get a a a cut to her going back in time uh to see her father Mm -hmm. one last time and her father's like you can't you can't take me out of of time i forget what his reasoning is it's like i think he just feels like meddling with powers this grand or beyond human yeah he's like we had a little bit of time together it's unfair we were taken but it'd be unfair for you to do what no one else can do like to take time from you know the 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 arrow of time must fly kind of thing like you can't take that away um have you even uh, read the time machine right um i i gotta say I don't hate this method 
like it is very chaotic maybe if there was more jumping through time it would have sold it better but the idea that like she doesn't have to like activate a laser beam and walk through time in order to use this thing she could just kind of will herself to that moment with her father it's kind of neat like it just it just happens almost by accident like she's there um and then (laughs) he tells her you got to go back you got to break it again so she rewinds time uh well she she goes back to the scene of the movie where all this happened where they launched out from but she rewinds time to the moment where Daniel Craig has been hit by the the knife. He like lifts out of the water, which kind of I guess is why he fell in the water in the first place, is just to have that effect of him of him flying up out of it. Lifts out of the water, the knife whips out of his chest, um, and then she takes the knife in midair and turns it at Jura so that it because physics <laughs> it flies at him even though he threw it. Uh, uh-huh. sure. That's Which, how it would work. <laughs> yeah, and it also takes like a tremendous amount of effort because she like yeah. is grabbing the blade and the handle, yeah. and she, her hands like bleeding, and she's like struggling. It takes her like a good ten seconds to rotate the damn thing in midair, which raises a lot of questions, right? Because like, did she then, when she was talking to her father, why was that not like out of time? Like you know, like yeah. things were weird and wobbly, but here it is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't the physics of this movie? don't care about that the the story doesn't care she is able to do this and that's all we need to know so she turns the knife on him from his perspective that means he literally threw a knife and then got <laughs> stabbed ah <laughs> oh, shit my boomerang knife i forgot i had this oh, fuck uh and as he's dying <laughs> this is the best to me he's had this one mercenary who has been silent the whole film but has been like so ready to kill laura croft and he's like hey guy whenever she does something you kill her and that guy's like you got it like with a nod you know it doesn't he's been holding his gun he doesn't want to give her the laser pointer because that's the (laughs) the one who has the laser sight on his gun and when he sees his boss get stabbed again from his perspective is my boss threw a knife and then he got stabbed (laughs) he just shakes his head and walks away (laughs) which may be may be the best (laughs) like reaction for that dude's career is just to be like man i am I am way in too deep. I got to get out of this. Yeah. My boss is so incompetent. He just stabbed himself. <laughs> he just somehow threw a knife at his own heart. Um, I don't know. Like, that cracks me up so much. He didn't immediately go into fight mode. He was just like, man, that's bad. <laughs> got demoralized. Yes. So he just leaves and Daniel Craig and Laura Croft are going to leave. But Sir Jorah says, wait something i gotta tell you um oh we should say she destroys the triangle in this yeah by shooting at it this seemingly like invulnerable artifact that they had to take like a giant sledgehammer to in the past to shatter it or to break it even into into two two pieces yeah (laughs) she just goes pew 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 and just immediately like explodes explodes into a thousand pieces splinters yeah um so (laughs) so Jorah's like your your father begged me to to let him live uh when I shot him and then it flashes back to directly contradictory information <laughs> uh-huh. of him being like I'll let you live if you just give me the triangle no bang <laughs> like <laughs> no one is emotional and he doesn't beg for his life at all uh whatever so that that happens Jorah stands up uh they start kung fu fighting 
because why not? And she defeats him. And oh, her his <laughs> her father's locket that has a picture of his of, of her mother in it, uh, who we've not heard from all film because who cares? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah we're already dealing with one dead parent yeah, deal with we two? can't introduce another uh she is uh she she the picture is in the locket he's got it because he took it off of um john void's dead body so now she's got it off of sir jura mormon's dead body yeah for some reason the entire temple collapses because that's just a thing you do in movies like this uh-huh um like w- was it the power of the artifact being destroyed i think so maybe that's why they only broke it into two they didn't want to make another temple (laughs) they're like if we break into a thousand pieces it's going to destroy all our temple we heard about that shit going down cambodia where the fucking like they got the (laughs) pendulum not working correctly like the last thing (laughs) we need to do yeah we're gonna make ours right um okay so they escape on some sled dogs the end basically anything basically she escapes her her sled gets broken because a rock fell on it from the collapsing mm. temple. So she has to ice skate being pulled by a bunch of sled dogs out of the, out of the place. Um, and yeah, there's just like a denouement of her, like going back to Croft Manor and, uh, she's finally wearing a dress. Wow. Whoa. Even Laura Croft can change. We can force and- gender roles on women. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> success we did it um and i don't know they set up the next adventure i forget what no the robot is fixed oh right and they do this stupid pose where she's like in her dress but still has her guns hidden there somewhere right. no, no no because the butler comes out oh, with he a silver them. tray and there's a cloth over it and they pull the cloth out and it's laura croft's dual pistols yes yeah and then there's the robot all fixed up just yeah. in time for her to shoot it to death again <laughs> she picks up the guns and then spins around and has one arm behind her head <laughs> to point the- towards the robot with her gun and then the other guns pointed upside down straight and then it freeze frames on that shot so it's such a weird pose um yeah so what a terrible hey, movie i i wish i felt as strongly as you do that it was terrible i don't hate this movie Except that I, I hate it for not being hateable <laughs> enough. <laughs> like, I, I run a lot of Dungeons & Dragons games. This movie made me think of Dungeons & Dragons adventures all the way through it. And that always has value in my life where I'm like, oh, that, you know, that spinning orrery could be a fun thing of, like, having to actually climb on one of those things and, like, you know, uh, run an encounter that way. And, like, everything is couched in, but I would do it this way. You know, I would do it right. differently. I would do this I would fix it like this. Yeah, exactly. So, but... It didn't give me nothing, which is more entertaining than some movies. I do think it had that weird 90s sense of cool, even though it came out in 2001. It was still trapped in like a 95 sensibility, and it, it just felt off the whole movie. Like it didn't feel like a big feature film to me. That's why I didn't like it. Is that 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 weird kind of schlocky B movie 90s spectacle? Yeah combined with its self-seriousness yes just made me absolutely loathe yeah, this movie i'm i'm 100 with you that those things are bad <laughs> like yeah. but, but i mean that's why like even if there's like some entertainment value of like tomb raiding which mm-hmm. i am i would i would call myself a bigger fan of indiana jones than star wars in terms of wow. lucas lucasfilm stuff um 
this just didn't because it's, it's just like it doesn't lending like i can't just see like someone plunging a tomb and be like ah, oh yeah i like that it's just like well <laughs> yeah it's a crappy movie so yeah i agree i i would i don't have a clever rating let's see <laughs> how many how many brass tipped pendulum points <laughs> do we want to uh-huh. give this movie i would give uh, this movie a one out of 15 oh dang you got a good one <laughs> um i i i'm gonna count the arms on that robot and say uh-huh. it's an eight <laughs> and uh this is a this is a, a four and a half arms laura croft broke an arm off did the, did the robot have eight arms? I thought it had four I arms. I don't know. <laughs> I think the robot Just, had four arms and the statue had four arms. So total. So total, total eight arms of yeah. inanimate objects in this right. movie. Animated. Total armature. Yeah. Oh god, this is bad. This is belabored. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it's it's slightly above half. It is more watchable than not watchable, but mm-hmm. but don't watch barely. it. But don't watch it. You don't waste your time. Like this, if you can don't control like time, us. if you can. <laughs> If you have a triangle that can give you access to all time, probably still don't watch this one. You can probably yeah. find something better to do with all time in the universe. Um, but it, it's it's barely above garbage to me, I would say. Yeah. What yeah. a compliment. That sounds about right. What a, what a nice thing I said. <laughs> Are you looking forward to a second one of these? <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious where they could go from this because the stakes of controlling all time are so ridiculous yeah do they scale it back or do they go bigger i want to know but bigger go home that's what i say but am i looking forward to it absolutely not (laughs) well maybe you'll be looking forward to the next movie coming up oh which is final fantasy colon the spirits within oh man i'm realizing now like having watched this one and then hearing that is the next one this is the era I watched video game movies mostly. Yep. Like I Strap saw, in, baby. you know, Mario and Mortal Kombat, but like this was, I was in high school, so I had access to movies a little bit more regularly and I watched all of these movies and I don't want to relive it. <laughs> we got the Resident Evil movies coming up pretty yeah. soon. We got, and we got a, what an we era. Got the, we got the second Laura Croft movie actually coming up. Uh, pretty quick. Pretty yeah. Soon. It's only yeah. 2003 is when it came out. So two years later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So near the end of the year, uh, this year we'll be we'll be going back to the world of Lara Croft. Yeah, but yeah, Final Fantasy: Spirits Within, a movie I hear is just fantastic, magical. Even I, I'm gonna need lots of caffeine for that one. That's how I'm feeling. A movie so good it almost bankrupted Square Enix. <laughs> it was really the almost Final Fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next time for the finalists of fantasies.